It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero, it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're watching, whenever you listen, I hope you're doing okay. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. Or give my man a call, 912 268 2-3-2-8. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part uh, by the Holiday Inn and all their properties. If you've got to travel somewhere, make sure you stay at the Holiday Inn. I like the uh, Holiday Inn Resorts and, of course, the Holiday Inn Express. I'll give you a better reason to stay at a Holiday Inn property. We'll get you a Billy C. discount. That's right. Call our official Toll-free number 844-603-0364. That's 844-603-0364. Or just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the Holiday Inn banner. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino from Bondage. The baddest man on the planet is available right now where all good books are sold. You can get a copy of this book right now where you're watching and listening to this show. Just visit barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Find out why I'm so adamant about getting Tom Molino's story told. What? You want a signed copy? Don't worry about that either. Just visit the website billycboxing.com and click on the book. It's that simple. You want more than one copy? I love you for that. Just email me, billy at talkingboxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Um, programming note, we will not be doing a live show on the 4th, on the 4th of July, uh, for all of our, uh, overseas viewers and listeners. That's our Independence Day, man. It's a holiday. We're going to be, you know, trying to blow our hands off and stuff with fireworks. That's what we do here in the United States. But, uh, we should, uh, be here for the rest of the week. We got some fight results, uh, to talk about from the weekend. I, I'm changing my, uh, you know how we've been looking at. The heavyweight picture, you know, I, I give the heavyweight roundup on Mondays uh, where we, uh, you know, focus on all the heavyweight action that took place uh, over the weekend. Well, I'm going to take it a step further. Uh, what we're going to be doing now uh, is we're going to isolate a couple of the fighters uh, that performed that weekend and give you a little more about these guys, uh, where they're from, where their current record is, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera, if they're ranked. Um, all those things. So uh, we're going to kick that off today. Uh, but first, um, in the, uh, I guess the the biggest fight of the weekend, 
Gilberto Ramirez uh, improved to 38-0 with 25 knockouts when he scored a 12-round unanimous decision over uh, Romier Alexis Angulo, who lost the first fight of his career, uh, took place in uh, Oklahoma uh, over the weekend. Um, what a boring fight. You know, I, I was going to talk about Gilberto Ramirez until we had our, our uh, studio blow up on, uh, on Friday. Um, but, uh, you know, this is a kid. He's two fights away from 40-0, and 0, and he's in his 20s. There's a really good chance that this guy uh, ends up, you know, going undefeated for another 10, 15 fights, uh, especially uh, when he fights uh, opponents like this. I watched this fight. I saw a lot uh, of things that I would be concerned about if I was involved with Gilberto Ramirez. Joining me right now to get his thoughts uh, from St. Simons Island. It's brutally hot here in the Northeast. I can only imagine what it's like in the southeast sal forget about it let me tell you something one thing i am still trying to get used to is the heat and uh you know we have an old saying in the restaurant business we can't stand the heat get out of the kitchen well i'm not gonna say i'm gonna move from georgia or st simon's but i'll tell you what it's a uh, billy see this is this is hot this is hot 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 and you know it's it's not like a, a you know picture a heat wave up in the north that is relentless and never ends. <laughs> that's that's what we get down here. And hey, but I chose to move, so I'm gonna shut up and do what the Romans do. Sal, it's been in the upper 90s here today. It's gonna hit 100, hot and humid. Uh, it's miserable. So I, I'm feeling your pain. Did you get a chance to watch Gilberto Ramirez over the weekend? You know, I did. I saw some some of the real big highlights and rounds, and and, and uh, didn't get to see the fight live. But I'll tell you what, uh, I I like Ramirez. I mean, he's a solid fighter. He seems to be sound. He he's aggressive. He brings the fight to 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 his opponents, and it was a good little exchange here and there. And uh, uh, Angulo, I'll tell you what, he was game. Um, he came up short, but uh, I thought Gilberto uh, looked good at times. And, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's not flawless. And uh, there's some things that I think that uh, he's got to work on. But uh, other than that, I think he put on a, a pretty good performance. Um, and, uh, well, I, like I said, I always like to watch these lighter guys exchange fight, fight punches and combinations. And, you know, we got a chance to see that. Well, First of all, I like Gilberto Ramirez, a big uh, middleweight. Uh, reminds me of uh, uh, when middleweights were monstrous. Like, uh, well, I, every time I think of big middleweights, I, I, I can't help uh, but think of, uh, uh, you know, some of the guys um, in, in the past. I, I mean, theoretically, some of them were, were smaller, but I ran Barkley was, was I ran a big Barkley. guy. Barkley, um, and, and, you know, the Charlo brothers are big. But anyway... Uh, Gilberto, and this is super middleweight uh, division, by the way. Um, Gilberto Ramirez, to me, um, you know, first of all, Angulo, I know he looked impressive on paper, but yes, he, did. Th he he wasn't too impressive in the ring. And every no. time he landed a, sh a a sharp shot to Ramirez, it seemed like it stunned him. I th I see Ramirez, you know, when you when you look at one of the things I was going to do before the studio blew up last week, um, was break down his, his record and stuff like that. And he does have an impressive win over Arthur Abraham when he won uh, the title. 
but he's been pretty much protected ever since. And I don't know if that's uh, due to his team or if it's due to uh, just a weak uh, division. But I got news for you. This guy did not look impressive. Uh, he looks uh, like he's still a work in progress. At 38-0, a world champion, uh, making his fourth or fifth title defense, should be a little more polished, should not have been as easy to hit. Um, you know, when you see some of these other uh, talented super middleweights out there, um, I, I, I don't know how Ramirez is going to fare against them. As a matter of fact, I don't know how many more uh, Alexis Angulos he can actually fight, Sal, uh, before he has to, uh, you know, fight uh, a, a legitimate uh, a fighter. You know, I mean, we got the World Boxing Super Series um, super middleweight uh, tournament that's, uh, uh, you know, not complete yet. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, uh, George Groves uh, and Chris, uh, I'm sorry, uh, George Groves and uh, Callum Smith uh, are still, uh, um, they've still yet to face each other. And I'm not so sure how Ramirez would do against either one of those two guys. Well, you know, that's a good point. And uh, I think it would be a good fight. I think Ramirez, with his mindset and his, uh, his capabilities, I think he's going to try and be in on every fight. Uh, and I think we'll see a consistent performance and output uh, from him. It's just how will he adapt uh, when he's in with a different style or a mirrored style? Uh, can he sustain a level of punches and bunches and 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 uh, keep uh, keep his hands up and slip his slip his head side to side enough to avoid some of that big haymakers? Because you know he he did get tagged the other night from Angulo, and uh, you know I, I think I think you know time is going to tell. Uh, I think he's a decent fighter. He's a solid fighter. Uh, does every fighter have a flawless game? No. But uh, I think, you know, if he does work and pay attention to some of the things that maybe his trainers could point out, he'll uh, he'll be able to, uh, uh, you know, tighten up a little bit where he needs to. Um, I think he's a good, well-conditioned athlete, and uh, we'll see what's in store for him. But I understand what you're saying and your concerns. I, I think it's evident. Now, on that card... Yes, uh, yes. There was a fight that was absolutely uh, entertaining as all hell. As a matter of fact, it went from entertaining to gruesome. And I, I couldn't understand why Lenny Zapavinga's corner didn't stop it uh, a little sooner. Um, not because Lenny wasn't trying, but because this guy was busted up. I mean... It, it, there was blood everywhere. I, I was getting blood splattered on me on my couch, man, from the TV. Um, uh, in any event, uh, Alex Osito improved to 28-0 with 18 knockouts uh, when uh, uh, Lenny Zappavinga's uh, corner finally stopped the action um, in uh, the seventh round of a, a extremely uh, entertaining fight. As a matter of fact, Lenny Zappavinga uh, had Sosito in all kinds of trouble how this kid stayed up, I don't know. He was taking some shots. I mean, Zepavinga's not known for his punching power. If he had a little more, just a little more pop behind those punches, uh, he would have uh, uh, stopped uh, um, Sosito in, in the fourth round. And as a matter of fact, I don't think many people could have argued if the referee stopped it in the fourth round. Um, I mean, it was just nonstop punching. Sosito's uh, did not... Uh, respond. He wasn't responding. He was getting battered against the ropes, and uh, they let it continue. And uh, at the end, it was uh, Zappavinga 
uh, whose uh, corner stopped the fight. Uh, Sosito, like I said, improved to 28-0 with 18 knockouts. Zepavinga loses for the fourth time in his career, 37-4 with 27 knockouts. May be his last fight. He gets beat up with the uh, a lot of uh, uh, cuts around his eyes. He's had surgery in the past. Sal, did you get a chance to see this one? Oh, gosh, yes. I saw most of that fight, and I saw the what is argue, arguably going to be the round of the year. I think it was the fourth round. And, man, I'll tell you, that round was brutal. And and uh, as you pointed out, uh, Sosito, how he stayed on his feet, it, it was unbelievable. And uh, Zappazinga was uh, just relentless in his attack. And, uh, you know, the punches and bunches, you want to yeah, – you can't, you can't say no more. I mean, it was just a war. And um, uh, Sosito, you know, he went on and, you know, he, he – well, fulfilled what he planned on doing, he and he uh, landed those punches, and yeah, I think Zappazinga Vinga, uh, you know, his corner eventually had to take a real close look because uh, this guy was busted up all over the place. But it was a brutal fight, uh, and very entertaining fight, as you pointed out. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, Sosito's still undefeated. You know, they they were talking about the uh, round four being a round of the year. You know, I'll I tell you why it shouldn't be. I'll tell you why it shouldn't be. And I, and I totally get it. And, and I loved the round. But, yeah, it was a, round. but it was a one-sided round. A, yeah, round a round of the year should be a back-and-forth round, um, not a one-sided beatdown. Uh, we could see that in a lot of fights. Um, you know, and, and by the way, for all my uh, radio and television affiliates, we're not taking a break here. We will be taking a break uh, at the uh, half hour mark. Um, like this fight, uh, the also on that card, heavyweight Trey Lippy Morrison improved to fifteen and zero uh, when he knocked out uh, uh, Brian Polly, who drops to thirty wins, twenty three losses, and a draw in the third round. Um, Polly was down four times, five times. Let's you know, he was down. Uh, yeah, five times in this fight. Everybody's saying how much heart he showed. I don't know if you saw the fight, uh, but it it certainly looked like uh, um, you know he had no interest, Brian Polly, that is Brian Polly, uh, of uh, of going much longer. So the shot that that put him out for the count hardly even landed. Um, you know, he's a professional journeyman. Now, let's take a look at Trey Lippy Morrison. He's a U.S.-based fighter, 28 years old, the son of Tommy the Duke Morrison, uh, the heavyweight uh, uh, worldwide. They got him at number 69 by the computer. He's six foot four with a 74 and a half inch reach. Uh, now he's uh, a 16 and 0 with 16 knockouts. Um, you know, he had uh, been climbing the. Uh, uh, ladder, so to speak, of the heavyweight division. In 2016, he faced Ed Lattimore, which, in my opinion, was the best uh, uh, opponent he's faced e even to date, uh, who was 13-0 and at the time. He stopped them in the first of a scheduled six-round fight. He fought two tough guys after that in Ty Cobb and uh, Oswaldo Ortega, stopping both of those guys. And then, of course, um, the uh, I'm sorry, he's 15-0. and I, I jumped the gun a bit. Uh, I said he was now 16 and 0. No, yeah, I'm wrong. He's 15 and 0. And then the fight with uh, Pro, uh, Polly. Now he did um, get an injury that he sustained in uh, 2016, which kept him out of the ring all of 2017. His comeback fight was uh, March 9th, uh, 20, 
18 against Ortega. So he's fought twice so far this year. Sal, I don't know if you got a chance to see this kid. Um, I know there's a lot of uh, interest in him because of who he is, uh, the name and stuff. But I need to see him uh, against more Ed Lattimore-type fighters uh, that, uh, uh, you know, come to fight. I mean, that, that fight did end quickly. Uh, but uh, but the truth of the matter is, I, I want to see him in there uh, against uh, uh, you know some legitimate, uh, legitimate opponents because the last thing I want is another you know Jarrell Big Baby Miller type of a guy that uh, comes out and, and doesn't fight anyone and all of a sudden gets a world title shot. And you can make the argument about Huey Fury as well, you know. So I, I mean. I want to see him. It's time. He's 15-0. and 0. It's time to step up the level of opposition. What's your thoughts? Well, I think you're 100% correct. And and in your assessment and your appraisal, and, and I, I think you're 100% correct, Bill. You know, it, you you definitely have an opportunity to, to cultivate and to develop your career, and but you've got to be tested. And there's small increments of, of, of those tests that, that get thrown at you. Uh, from time to time to see how you're learning, to see how you're progressing. But if you're if you're being laid out with the with the golden brick road in front of you, and uh, you know you can't just walk to the top of the game uh, without having to prove yourself one way or the other. So I think a test here and there by a formidable opponent is going to be what's going to make him or break him. And I think you know as you pointed out, because who he is, uh, I think that he has. Uh, been able to rise to the occasion and have taken care of some of these opponents of, of, of a lesser skill and things like that. And he's had an opportunity here and there to rise to the occasion and beat some decent fighters. But yeah, I think uh, I think now uh, you know the testing should start and uh, see how he has developed. Some other fight, one other fight on that card before we move on. Uh, former world champ uh, Mike Alvarado. Um, got back in the ring and scored a ninth round stoppage over uh, Martin uh, Angel Martinez, who drops to 17 wins, 15 losses, and a draw uh, at the welterweight division. Mike Alvarado improves to uh, 39 and four. The way this sport of boxing operates these days, expect Mike Alvarado to be uh, in a title shot soon after after a win over uh, a guy he should have finished a lot sooner than nine rounds. Um, undefeated uh, Irish Olympic uh, star uh, in the super featherweight division, Michael Conlon. He improved to 8-0 uh, when he took on uh, uh, Alderson Dos Santos uh, in a uh, eight-round fight in uh, uh, Ireland over the weekend. Um, it went to distance. Uh, um, the uh, referee, which they do over there uh, for non-title fights, scored the fight 79-73 for Conlon. Uh, who improved, like I said, to 8-0. Dos Santos drops to 19-5. and Also on that card, uh, a uh, uh, good uh, fighter um, in Jack Catterall. He improved to 21-0 with 12 knockouts when he won a 10-round decision uh, over uh, Tyrone McKenna, uh, who drops to 16-1 uh, and one with a draw, 95-91 and 94-93 twice. Also on that card, unbeaten uh, super featherweight uh, John O'Carroll improved to 16-0 and 0, uh, with three knockouts when he stopped uh, D-Clan uh, Gertery uh, in the uh, ninth round. Uh, Gertery drops to 17-3. Uh, and three. 
Um, now, let's talk about some heavyweight action. Friday night, um, which uh, I didn't get a chance to uh, really take a look uh, and break this guy down, but um, Hasim Rahman Jr., the son of Hasim Rahman Sr., um, <laughs> knocked out Stephen well, Tyner of uh, Ohio uh, at one second of the second round. Uh, he battered this kid uh, from start to finish. He's now 5-0 and with four knockouts. Uh, Tyner, well, he's now four wins, 16 losses, three draws, and two of those four wins came by knockout. So, uh, you know, Hasim Rahman Jr., uh, maybe someone to keep an eye on. I, I got to be 100% honest with you, never thought much of Hasim Rahman at all. Uh, yes, he was a world champion. Um, how that worked uh, isn't the way I like to see world champions get their belts. Uh, I've seen him work out. Uh, long past his prime, but still, I watched a middleweight in Las Vegas beat the snot out of him. He quit, and this was in sparring. He quit. Uh, never had uh, much uh, uh, interest in in Rockman Senior. Hopefully, uh, cold blooded, which is the nickname of Rockman Junior, uh, can uh, turn the tables in that family. Uh, there was also uh, uh, some nephews and stuff of uh, Hasim Rockman on that card. I, I just I'm looking oh, at wow. the uh, heavyweight fighting family. Yeah, fighting. That's exactly what it was. Now the heavyweight roundup for this weekend uh, taking place uh, in uh, France. This fight took place in France uh, on Saturday. Um, Mark Miguel making his pro debut improved to one and all when he won a four round uh, decision over Florian's uh, Strupitz, who drops to three wins, fifty four losses, and four draws. To suggest he's a professional opponent would be an understatement. Uh, in New Zealand, uh, Slade King making his pro debut. Um, and he upset the guy who I think was supposed to win this fight. Uh, he is now 1-0 when he knocked out uh, Joshua Tongalia in the fourth round of the scheduled four-round fight. Tongalia is now 0-1-1. Um, in uh, the U.K., Mark Bennett uh, improves to 2-0 when he stopped Dorian Darch uh, in the second round of a scheduled four-round fight. Dorian Darch drops to 12 wins, seven losses, and a draw. Mark Bennett is one of these fighters that I wanted to showcase today. He's a UK fighter. Uh, you know, he is now, uh, like I said, 2-0. and um, He was, uh, th he's 31 years old. He was ranked going into this fight at number 559. What a 1-0 fighter. But Dorian Darch, he was ranked at number 321. So I'm expecting Bennett to uh, jump up. Now, Darch was not an easy opponent considering... Uh, who he has been in the ring with. Uh, he went six rounds with uh, Fury Fury in 2013. I'm sorry, lost that six-round uh, decision. He was knocked out in the second round a year later, uh, actually in the next fight when he fought Anthony Joshua. And then in his last fight, uh, Daniel Dubois knocked him out in December of last year in the second round of 10. So Dorian Darch, um, yes, he's been in there with some good fighters and didn't win against any of them. But uh, uh, I'm looking at uh, Mark Bennett. You know, his first opponent as a pro had 88 professional fights when he beat him by a four-round decision. Uh, the problem with this guy is he's got to be a little more active at 31 
um, uh, years old. He's a he's a pretty big guy. At least he, he weighs in. He weighed uh, uh, 248 for his first fight, and against Darts, he weighed 239 and a half. This isn't one of those guys that we need to keep an eye on, Sal. Uh, uh, another uh, heavyweight from the UK. Well, I'll tell you what. Like we have always said, or like we've recently said, the UK just keeps uh, developing and producing some great talent, and uh, they they have been carrying the sport of boxing on their shoulders. I'm telling you, they uh, they do what's right. They develop. They they have uh, their fighters not afraid to face or fight anybody. And and like I said, when you see a fighter that that uh, falls and and rises to the top. You know, you, you if you're afraid to lose, you're gonna be afraid to win. So it's good to see these guys wanting to face and wanting to fight anybody, and uh, continuing to develop their craft. And that's uh, that's what boxing is all about. Just to wrap up the heavyweight uh, roundup uh, in uh, California on Saturday, Rodney Hernandez upsets Laron Mitchell uh, to improve to 11 wins, seven losses, and a couple of draws. He won a split decision eight round fight Laron Mitchell going into this fight was undefeated at 16 and 0 and I was actually going to showcase wow. him but at 38 years old this guy th this was a fight that was basically could have uh, in all intent uh, for all intent purposes may have just derailed this kid um, a win over him uh, to get to uh, 17 and 0 would have gotten Laron Mitchell uh, a, uh, a a a chance at getting a title shot. I'm not saying he would have got a title shot at 17 and 0, but he would have gotten one of those other belt uh, type opportunities that could have uh, catapulted him. But not being able to beat Rodney Hernandez um, may have uh, spoiled that. And like I said, at 38 years old, um, the time clock is ticking. Also on that card, Blake McCarron improved to 9 and 0 when he won a sixth round uh, unanimous decision. Over Miguel Cubos, who drops to uh, 11 and 18. Over in Connecticut, at the Mohegan Sun, uh, Cassius Cheney improved to 13 and 0 when he stopped uh, Elder Hernandez in the first round of a scheduled six-round fight. Hernandez drops to uh, five and three. And Friday, over in Australia, Joseph Goodall improved to three and 0 when he stopped uh, Braxton Edwards in the first round of a scheduled four-round fight. Edwards drops to 0 and two. And Jay. Tidacy goes to uh, no wins, no losses, and one draw when he gets a four-round split decision draw against uh, Robert Ferguson, who now uh, is 1-5-1. and one. Uh, Jay uh, uh, Tidacy uh, obviously was making his pro debut. And that, my friends, was the uh, heavyweight action from, uh, from this weekend, Sal. Great roundup there, Bill. We uh, we got the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I do, I do. Uh, it really shows our age. <laughs> That's why but, we. Uh, hey, guess what? I just realized why we haven't heard it lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Friday night uh, also uh, was an ESPN uh, broadcast. Was uh, a welterweight uh, contender Rashidi Ellis improved to twenty and zero with thirteen knockouts when he won a ten round decision. Over uh, Alberto Mascara, who drops to uh, 25, 3, and 2. The way the judges sort it, 97, 92, and two of them had it the same at 98, 91. In the Super Bantamweight division, Francisco Horta improved to 17 wins, three losses, and a draw when he uh, won an eight round unanimous decision over David Reyes, who drops to uh, 17, 5, and 1. The way the judges scored it, one had it 79-72, one had it 78-73, one had it 80-72. to 
Um, and uh, also on that card in a uh, upset, uh, Haram Gallardo improved to seven wins, two losses, and a draw when he scored a six-round unanimous decision over previously unbeaten Eduardo Nunoz, who went into this fight at 10-0 and with 10 knockouts. He's now 10-1. and uh, the way the judges scored it, 57-56, twice 58-55, all for Gallardo. Um, in Philadelphia, uh, Carlos Maldonado uh, improved to 11-2 and uh, when he beat uh, North Philly's Miguel Cartagena, who uh, was trying to fight in front of his hometown. He drops to 15-5-1. Uh, the way the, uh, it was a split decision, the way the judges scored it, one had it 76-75, for Cartagena, one had it 76-75 for Maldonado, and the third had it 77-74 for Maldonado. And uh, one last fight I wanted to uh, talk about in the cruiserweight division, uh, J.I. Opatia improved to 16-0 with 13 knockouts when he stopped Curtis uh, Pegaro uh, in the second round of a scheduled 10-round fight. Uh, Pegaro drops to 11-4 and uh, with uh, one of his wins coming by... Uh, a knockout. Opate is a good fighter to keep an eye on. He's uh, 22 years old in the cruiserweight division, ranked in the top 11. He's ranked at number 11 by the WBO, 16 and 0 with 13 knockouts. He's a guy that uh, I think we should keep an eye on, Sal. I think you're right, pal. I think you're right. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. Hey, listen, we're going to take a short See, break. You're right a lot. Yeah, you're yeah. Right. I, I, you're I, right so many times, there's I, nothing left. I know. I, I tell you the truth. <laughs> I agree with me. I agree, I with, agree me. with me, yeah. too. But, uh, but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> in any event, let's take a short break. Hey, don't forget, uh, coming up at the top of the hour, we're going to have Dax Khan giving us his thoughts on the fights. And uh, later in the week, Dax is going to join us uh, and give us a breakdown of the World Boxing Super Series. Uh, not so much the previous one, which we're going to talk about a little bit today, uh, but the ones that are coming up, this next uh, World Boxing Super Series is going to feature not one, not two, but three uh, different weight classes. So anyway, hey, listen, I'm going to take a short break. Uh, when we come back, I got uh, an update on Triple G Canelo um, and some other stuff. And oh, by the way, we're going to read the emails that we never really got to uh, on Friday, including including uh, the uh, one that uh, I, I think I started to read. Uh, from Raheem. So uh, we'll be in. Just just don't go anywhere. Billy C. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. We're glad you're with us every day. But, uh, hey, don't forget, if you're watching uh, and you're uh, in our uh, chat room up on our YouTube channel, uh, don't forget to give us a super chat. We'll be uh, glad to put your uh, question, comment, concern, whatever, as part of our show. But uh, it's going to cost you whatever. All right? So give us a super chat. Uh, update on uh, Triple G Canelo. Um, you know, Sal, I, I mean, as much as I get really tired 
of the same old, you know, uh, pro- uh, they, they're promotional tour and, uh, you know, standing <laughs> in front of each other, pushing and shoving. Uh, this is real. We hate each other. Um, they kicked off their promotional tour, but uh, in a uh, what's considered an unusual move by today's standards, they're not going to go face-to-face until the final pre-fight news conference during the week of the fight. Uh, and then at the weigh-in. Um, okay. I like it. I like yeah. it because, uh, you know, I, I, I think, and, and, and some of, the, some of the, the reasons is, you know, they've actually admitted that there's enough publicity about this fight that they don't really need to, to you know, marinate it anymore. They don't need to, to build it up. It's already there. Um, and, and I like it because, you know, I, I get tired of seeing the same old thing. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. Next city. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do it. You know, it's like rehearsed, you know. And, uh, uh, you know, with today's technology, everybody sees the first one. It's the same as the second one. I, I just remember going through, watching that with uh, uh, McConner, uh, Conor McGregor and uh, and uh, what's his face there, the guy that used to be a, uh, a fighter. <laughs> he claimed he was a fighter. He's Floyd. What's his name? I forget his name, but it's no big problem. Um, but they, they played that out like, like a fiddle. Um, these guys aren't. What's your thoughts on them not uh, meeting uh, until the fight? Well, I think it's a different approach, and I think it's I think it's good. It gives some some of us uh, something to look forward to uh, on that first. We can read their body language and their their verbiage at the time, and so I think uh, I think it's going to be unique to the sport, and uh, we'll see. I kind of like it. We'll see what happens. I think it's a good little test. I, I like it. Uh, I like it as well. Let's. Uh, we got a uh, super chat. My man uh, Joel saves the day, and he says uh, uh, he feels that Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder should both take uh, some of the criticisms for this fight not uh, taking place. Uh, of course, of course, it's, I knew it's you both. Hit this one. Ooh. Well, I, you know, listen, Joel. I, no, the, I, we got to talk about it. Well, you know, I, we talked about it to death, and I and I'm quite, quite honestly, I'm, I'm sick of it. it I'm sick of it. Kill it. Uh, what bothers me is, like we were talking the other day before the studio blew up. You're either on one side or the other. And there's no in between. If you're on uh, AJ's side, Wilder backed off. If you're on Wilder's side, AJ backed off. Um, I don't believe anything from Wilder. I don't. I, I I don't believe anything from his team. I never thought that there was any money around that fifty million. Everything they've done, they've done in a in a non uh, norm way. They've done everything in, in a in a we're supposed to believe you just because you say it. And they don't have the track record. So, in my opinion, I blame it on Deontay Wilder. But uh, that's me. Let's move on with the Triple G Canelo. Um, We had some comments. Oscar, which I normally don't uh, like to give the promoter any. uh, Thanks for the uh, super chat, by the way, Joel. Uh, Oscar De La Hoya says, uh, there's serious bad blood between these guys. This fight is personal, which they always say. Um, but I believe this one is. He says the stakes are high. Canelo will, without a doubt, want to shut Triple G up, and the only way to do it is to knock him out on September 15th. I have no doubt that our champion will walk away with the victory. 
Uh, Triple G says, I'm happy that this deal is done and the rematch is on. I'm ready to get back to work uh, in uh, at Bear Lake. Big Bear, I'm sorry. Uh, Big Bear in California with Abel. Uh, this is uh, the biggest fight for boxing, the fight everybody wants. It's a fight to see who's the best. It's for boxing history. I'm happy to be defending my titles on Mexican Independence Day. It's a great stage for a true Mexican-style fight. Uh, Canelo can walk into the ring last. Canelo can be introduced last. The most important thing is who leaves the ring last, and that will be me as the world champion, as the people's champion. I'll see you at the big drama show. Um, Canelo, wow. uh, well, I'm going to read the, the, the yeah. quotes, and then I'm going to get your thoughts. Canelo says, the truth is this fight means a lot to me because of all that's happened and all that's been said. I will prove in my fist that I'm the best, and Triple G will eat all of his words and speculations. I hope he doesn't eat tainted meat. Uh, and anyway, uh, he says, I will demonstrate who's the best when I defeat Triple G on September 15th during uh, Mexican Independence Day, and I'll make it clear that Mexican boxing is the best. Um, another quote from Canelo, he, he claims that Triple G and his team are hypocrites, uh, saying that during their negotiations, all uh, Triple G wanted was, uh, uh, you know, respect. Uh, that's what they were talking about publicly, but really, in truth, all they cared about was the money. Uh, he says, uh, and this is Canelo, I believe that cordially uh, we had not in the ring, um, cordiality, I should say, uh, not in the ring, is over. This is his reasons why they're not going to go face-to-face, um, because they kept opening their mouths. I don't like to talk too much. Obviously, I get mad, but I can control myself uh, until it's time to fight. That's why there'll be no more uh, cordialness between us. I don't know why they're annoyed. If I'm the one that has made them the most money, they say that's not important. They say that they're not arguing about that, but it's the first thing that they say they're fighting for, the money, the purse. They only care about that. The, hip, the hypocrisy is saying that it's not important uh, is the first hypocrisy. Um, you know... Uh, I don't know what to what to think. I, 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 you know, these guys just don't get it, Sal. Um, no. And I say these guy, these guys, meaning um, the uh, the team of Canelo Alvarez. The 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 issue was that he cheated and he got caught, and he tried to turn it around and blame Triple G. I, I, there's no, I don't think there's any hypocrites there. I really don't. What's your thoughts on the comments and and all the stuff leading up to uh, right this second? Well, you know, going into it, when you first gave me uh, Triple G's comments, I said, wow, that's a class act and a gentleman. He knows exactly what he's going in the ring for, and that's to prove his dominance and to come out the victor. And, you know, uh, by him saying he doesn't care about this or that and it doesn't mean anything, the last thing that, that uh, the only thing that means anything is that he wins the fight. And that's cool, calm, collected, and uh, well thought about. Now, Canelo Alvarez, what is he doing? He's pointing the fingers again. Turn around. He's doing this. He's doing that. You know, I. It's again. Is is it the accountability? Is it this? I. And I was a big, big Canelo Alvarez fan. A big Canelo Alvarez fan. I thought he was tough. I thought he was great. He's still good. He's still. But you know what? Once you cheat, once you're a cheater, you're a cheater. And you know what? By you not owning up to it, and and coming out with something else other than. I didn't know the cows got uh, pumped with steroids or whatever it might have hinted that he believed. Um, 
you know, I, I lost some respect for him. And I'm losing some respect for him now uh, by him trying to turn it around and point it again. Get the, he, and here's what he's doing. He's taking the attention away from everybody about why this whole incident or where this fight was all these months uh, to finally evolve to where it is today. Um, and what he could do is take everybody's attention and eyes off of the real reason by trying to turn the tables around and accuse other people. But I think fight fans and people in boxing are a lot smarter than that, and they know the truth. And I, I feel in my heart of hearts all words will be silenced when we see the action from these two combatants on September 15th. And I do believe in my heart of hearts that Triple G will come out more dominant, uh, more, more, uh, much uh, the the boxer that we know he he's capable of being and doing and has been, and I think he's going to be very dominant in this fight, and I think he's going to answer all the questions, and I think he's going to beat and stop Canelo Alvarez. Well, I think he kind of has to, but um, he has to at this point. I, I I agree. And speaking of Triple G and Canelo. Uh, tickets actually go on sale tomorrow, uh, officially. I, I think there was a way to get early uh, seats. There are uh, some limit ticket limits. Um, but uh, just to give you an idea of pricing, the cheapest tickets you can buy uh, in for the T-Mobile uh, uh, T Arena in Vegas for September 15th are $300 seats. It goes from 300 to 5 to 7 8 1500 Two grand, twenty five hundred, and top ring sides are five thousand apiece. Um, Josh Taylor, uh, a uh, junior welterweight, um, has uh, agreed to uh, fight in the uh, World Boxing Super Series. Um, he uh, is added. Uh, there'll be three weight classes uh, for this section for this second World Boxing Super Series: um, the bantamweight and super lightweight. Uh, which is uh, Junior Welter, have already been announced. Uh, we're going to have Dax Khan uh, come on on Thursday and give us a, a rundown of the World Boxing Super Series uh, tournament, the, the next one. But just to get you caught up, Ryan Burnett, uh, he's a WBA Super uh, uh, World Bantamweight champ. He's in it. Emmanuel Rodriguez, he's the IBF World Bantamweight champion. He's in it. Jason Maloney, he's a champ. He's in it. Zolani Teet, he's a champ. He's in it. Those are in the bantamweight. Uh, in the junior welterweight, uh, Kyriel Relika, he's a champion. He's in it. Anthony Yigit, he's a Euro uh, champ and an IBF mandatory title challenger. He, he's in it. Ivan Baranacek, he's an IBF mandatory. He's in it. Josh Taylor, like I just uh, mentioned, he's a WBC. He's in it. Listen, I love the World Boxing Super Series, Sal, because they put the guys that uh, have a lot to lose in the ring against each other. And to me, uh, that uh, that speaks volumes. I love it. Well, I know that. You've said that all along, and I do agree. And, uh, you know, when you're taking the luck of the draw and see uh, who you're going to face, and it's, it's no politics involved, it's, it's just what I said, you know, the, the tournament rules, regulations. Let's match you with this guy and that guy, and we'll see who rises to the top, who wins. It doesn't matter because you're all humble and 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 uh, and, uh, and uh, bare as as you can be when you step into the ring when you're in in a in a tournament such as this. Um, just another uh, tidbit on the World Boxing Super Series. 
the championship fights uh, for the cruiserweight final have not taken place because of uh, injury. Well, it was announced officially that July 21st in Russia, Moscow to be exact, uh, Oleksandr Yusik will be taking on Murat Gassiov for the for the Muhammad Ali Trophy and will be the uh, uh, undisputed uh, uh, cruiserweight world champion. Uh, actually, it will be the first time any cruiserweight uh, had all of the four major belts and will uh, only join Behop in 2004, Jermaine Taylor in 2005, and uh, recently Terrence Crawford this year who had uh, all of the belts. So a big fight uh, taking place uh, uh, on uh, uh, at the end of this month. Um, I can't wait uh, for this one. Just to give you uh, an update, the super middleweight uh, final has not been uh, taking place yet and has not been set yet. Remember, uh, George Grode suffered a dislocated shoulder, and they're still waiting uh, to uh, schedule that one uh, between him and Callum Smith. So... Uh, World Boxing Super Series, uh, big stuff. All right, let's read some of these emails that I didn't get a chance to read on Friday or whenever we did our show. We uh, kind of got blown up here, uh, and I apologize for that. But Raheem, uh, it started off, and maybe it was our discussion. We'll know if we lose everything right now. But uh, he says, good morning, Billy C. and South. It's me, morning, Raheem. Raheem. He says, the Wilder-Joshua fight not happening is disappointing. My younger cousins blame Wilder, uh, but they are uh, more into MMA than boxing. Boxing, for me, is much better. This is Raheem. He says, I told my cousins that Joshua's team is like a corporation, and that's a bad thing for the sport we love. I think Wilder needs to uh, concentrate on Marciano's record, then Blake break Floyd's record. And if Wilder does that, then as boxing fans, we will have seen two of the greatest in Floyd and Wilder, accomplished this. Um, and then he says, oh, on another topic, are you giving away any free room and board for the contest in your event in, uh, in, in September? We're not doing the event in September uh, in St. Simon, so no, we're not giving away uh, any of that. Um, listen, I just thank God for Raheem's father because I disagree with a lot of uh, Raheem, but I do respect Raheem for being uh, a fan, and I respect his opinions, and that's what makes this sport so great, Sal, that everyone has uh, their own opinion. But, you know, it's not about, first of all, Floyd Mayweather took that record, which is substantial only for heavyweights. Now, if Deontay Wilder chooses to go and, and, and break uh, Rocky Marciano's 50-0 and record and ends up at 51-0, and and fights cupcakes and bums like he has for his whole 39 of his 40 other fights, then so be it. Uh, you know, you can't deny it. It's hard to win 50 fights, even if you're fighting your sister 50 times. The problem is, it, it, you know, he's calling the offer $15 million to fight Anthony Joshua crackhead money when he has never made anywhere near that. Deontay Wilder has only made 15, uh, 2.5 at the most. As a matter of fact, I don't even think he made that. So he's a, he's a BS artist. You know, you know what that stands for. And for him to fight, uh, you know, 11 more times, even if he's active, will take at least four more years of him fighting bums. And I would guarantee that if he fights, uh, you know, 10 more times at 2 million a pop to get to 50 and 0, he'll make 20 million. 
he could make twenty million fighting Anthony Joshua twice, twice. And could the, my question would be, how important is the record if you want to be a guy that goes down in history for being fifty-one and zero as a heavyweight? Okay, I respect that. I really do. Uh, but if you want to be financially secure for you, your family, your kids, your grandkids, your great-grandkids, your great-great-grandkids, your great-great-great-grandkids, then you go for the money. What's your thoughts, Sal? Well, I think you gave both scenarios and, and truly, you know, and, and I'm not saying he can't have both. I mean, Deontay Wilder is, is a talent to be reckoned with, and I am so disappointed on this fight not happening right now. And, you know, like I said, though, uh, whoever the powers that may be, uh, put the wrenches in here. I think I, be, I think both sides of the camp are, uh, uh, the, each camp's uh, camp uh, is at fault, and uh, we're gonna have to wait and see. And hopefully these guys will get past their next bouts, and uh, we'll be able to finally see. But uh, you know, Deontay Wilder is moving along. I don't think he's got the best advice uh, that that's going on in his camp, and. Uh, I don't think uh, uh, he he should have skipped this opportunity because we don't know if it could ever happen again. And uh, hopefully, with their betting on that, it will. But when you're looking at a fifteen to twenty million dollar purse, and with a uh, with a reassurance or or a guaranteed rematch, no matter what happens, and a, a chance for another fifteen twenty million, as you just said, so black, so much black and white. You know, you're going to maximize your income when you're going to minimize your rounds. And and that's, that's basically how you, you, you get out with your brains and with your money. Uh, another email that I want to get to. Uh, my man Mitch says, uh, Deontay, you know, I'm trying not to talk about these guys, but he says, Deontay yeah, Wilde is already claiming 51-0 and with a hashtag and with the bums that he likes to fight. Uh, I'm just sure he doesn't get it. Uh, what he doesn't understand is that he should be claiming 50-0 and 0, topping Marciano, not 51-0 and 1 and 0, uh, tying, um, uh, topping a retired welterweight. Uh, th- this is the whole point about the, the right. youth today. This is Mitch who's right. Um, this is the problem about the youth today. You don't know what you're talking about. You know, I, you know neither does Deontay. You know, uh, Fayweather, Floyd Fayweather, uh, managed to manipulate and con a a j- couple of generations uh, with his uh, uh, with his BS. You know the only division it matters in is the heavyweight division because no one has ever achieved fifty and zero ever in the heavyweight division. Okay, and I guarantee you the way Floyd is spending money like a drunken sailor spent eighteen million on a watch. Uh, the other day, spent I don't know eight something million on a on a on a car. He's buying a He bought another jet. This is a guy. Now remember, he hasn't paid his taxes for the uh, for the for the McGregor uh, fight yet. Remember, he he fought that fight and paid off the 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 taxes from the Pacquiao fight. This is a guy that's going to piss his money away. And then he's going to have to get back in the ring because that's the only way that he can make money because he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. And he's going to lose. And then what happens, unless he steps in with some bum, I don't know how he's going to make money on a pay-per-view unless he fights a real fighter. But how substantial is the record? There's been many fighters outside the heavyweight weight class that have reached 50-0 and beyond before they lost. 
You know, Julio Cesar Chavez is one that comes to mind quickly. What was it, 80 fights uh, before he lost his first one? So he's going to be just another fighter uh, when the smoke clears. Uh, He says, uh, there goes that P word again that rhymes with wussy. Get used to hearing that from from, uh, uh, Wilder for at least the next 10 months. Yeah, you see, that's the other thing. Wilder is, is you know, uh, calling it, eh, whatever. Thanks for the email. Uh, oh, Mitch has got more. He says uh, his ex-best friend, he's talking about Floyd, 50 Cent, joking him, and rightfully so, he spent an Anthony Joshua paycheck on a watch. I just mentioned it. He says the guy has, uh, he's got to be a bigger dummy than anyone I've ever seen when it comes to spending money. Just when you thought him spending $4.5 million for a car, and his third jet, okay, I thought he only had two, uh, was as bad as it could get. Now he buys this watch. And I, I had seen uh, photos of this watch, $18 million. They call it the million-dollar watch, Sal. Uh, mil- no, no, <laughs> yeah. the billionaire watch or something like that. A guy that can spend $18 million, uh, well, on a uh, on a watch. Uh, he's spending a lot of money quickly, Sal, and uh, that's the problem with these high-end athletes. You make so much money. He's got all his goons around him. He's got all these property, all the jets, all those things, and that's fine and dandy when 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 you're you know cashing checks for you know a hundred million dollars. Uh, but that stops. Where's the revenue? When your standard living continues at that rate, you start spending money quicker than you realize. And like I said, let's be real. And and you know, no disrespect to Floyd, but he's not a he's not a smart guy. Yes, he's been able to do what he was able to do um, uh, for several reasons, but I'm not so sure he's a smart guy. I think we're going to find someday that there's a brain behind uh, what uh, Floyd has done, and it wasn't his own, but that's my opinion. Uh, and he's spending too much money, Sal. Plus, he gambles. He's a gambler. Don't think that the only that every time Floyd gambles, he wins. He only posts the winning tickets because that's what gamblers do. They only talk about the, the money they won. They don't talk about the money they lost. True. And and all that comes to mind are the infamous words spoken by Rocky Balboa when he said, hey, yo, you want to have a good time? You have to have a good watch. Yeah, well, you don't need an $18 million watch. You know what I mean? You don't... I'm t- I'm t- but, you know, you're right. You're, I mean, $18 million. Come on. That could be 18 18- Ferraris, I'm teasing. It could. Uh, you know, you it gotta, could. You got to look at what you're doing, and you got to. Yeah, I mean, you got to. You got to realize, you still have to pay Uncle Sam, and if he won a legit hundred million dollars, he's gonna go. Oh, he's gonna owe Uncle Sam at least thirty million dollars of that, and uh, uh, maybe more. And the bottom line is, uh, you know, that's that's a little bit more money than what your cash advance on credit cards could allow you to do. Hey, what what do you think the interest and penalties on? 30 million. Forget about right, it. Right, right. You know what? Right. <laughs> you, you don't even want to know, Bill, because I'm sure he's not going to want to know. Uh, you know, I, I, I know what mine are. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's, uh, and it's not even a splinter compared to what he does. And uh, I, I'll tell you what, I, I think he just needs to be real and, 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 and realistic in his purchases. And and unless he has something up his sleeve and he knows how he's going to create and stimulate an income stream of money for new revenue to come through that door, uh, he's got to watch what he does in spending his money. Uh, yeah, well, 
Like I said, he's not the sharpest tool in the shed. I really don't believe he is. And uh, the way the fighters are leaving him, uh, you know, uh, because he's he's such he's got such an ego. We're going to be paying for a Manny, Manny Pacquiao Floyd Mayweather fight in about another year. That's the only one. Hey, listen, that's the only fight that Floyd could come back from to and make substantial money. I don't think he's going to. I don't think he's going to make a hundred million dollars. But if Manny Pacquiao can beat Lucas Matisse in his fight, if the fight goes on, um, then I think we will see that fight. I think we will see the rematch because Floyd is going to need it. And then and then he's going to spend all that money and then, you know, a couple of years down. Because remember, Floyd's 40 years old now, you know, and he clearly uh, wasn't the same version of Floyd as even prior to the Manny Pacquiao fight. The best Floyd had has has come and gone. Uh, you know, he could be in great shape and he can look good against the cherry-picked opponents. But the best, we have never saw the best Floyd Mayweather. That's, the, that's my hang-up with Floyd Mayweather. My hang-up with Floyd Mayweather is that he never showed us the best of him because of what he did. When in, in that decade of cherry-picking, um, he made sure that he made the maximum money with the least amount of risk. And at the end of the day, we never saw if this guy had heart. He says he has heart. H- how do we know that? Heart is when a guy, Lenny Zappavinga has heart. You know, when oh, yeah. a guy gets dropped and lifts his ass up off the canvas and come back, come back uh, to win a fight, not that Zappavinga did, but, you know, that shows heart. Sustain a serious cut, get an eye closed, something that you have to come back from. That shows heart. Floyd Mayweather has never shown us any heart at all in the ring. He certainly doesn't show any heart when he beats up women and stuff. So the truth of the matter is, we don't know if he's got heart. We don't know if he can keep his you-know-what together when the going gets tough. You know, and, and we're never going to know. We'll never know. We'll never know. And I think that's important. What? we got to take a break. One, okay. I, I, I could see one other fight that fans might pay to see Floyd Mayweather in. I think it would be a great comeback for both fighters. To see Oscar De La Hoya fight Floyd Mayweather one more time. You know, that's interesting. It's um, interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that, that's interesting. I, I, I would pay for that. And I think uh I think Oscar uh might might uh, learn might have learned a lot in the last couple of years, but we'll see. But I you know, because thinking, you know, there's there's really no fights I really care to see Manny Pacquiao in, other than what he first said his intent for getting the surgery and everything else was to fight Floyd Mayweather again and you know my stance on that if Floyd Mayweather and Pacquiao have 100 fights Floyd's going to beat him 95 times because that's just a style he's got the style and he has his number in my opinion but you know what that fight that Floyd Mayweather was tested and I saw Oscar De La Hoya was actually winning that fight at times I thought that uh, you know Maybe that would be a great rematch. And uh, how many a decade later? Why not? Let's see what happens. That would be a great fight to see Oscar De La Hoya fight Floyd Mayweather. I would pay to see that. Listen, Oscar De La Hoya lost that fight because his trainer told him, "Don't worry, you got this fight in the yeah. bag." And yeah. uh, you know. But anyway, hey, listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, Dax Khan will join us to get his thoughts on the fights that took place this weekend. Don't go nowhere. 
Boxing. We'll be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C, damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. Undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's talking boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at billycboxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, joining us right now to give us. His thoughts on the fights and the commentating from the fights over the weekend is uh, our very own uh, Dax Khan. Good morning, Dax. Good morning. Trying to play an early Monday game. What does Sal do during the break? Because some of the noises that goes on in the background when Sal's away from that camera. <laughs> is they making a woman? <laughs> no, know, he was, he was making. I that you were coming, coming on. And when I come back, I say, oh, I got to accept this, accept that. Yeah, well, I had coffee porn. I had this thing. You don't need to accept <laughs> anything. You don't. You don't need to accept anything. On. It's, it's not. Like uh, I'm putting on he, a whole show behind he, the scenes. Yeah, he doesn't have to accept anything. He just has to sit there and uh, he's making woman noises back there. But uh, uh, anyway, Dax, I know uh, uh, we're limited now. You're going to be coming on and giving us a full breakdown in the World Boxing Super Series, and thank God for that uh, Super Series uh, on Thursday. But uh, bottom line. We had some interesting fights over the weekend. Nothing great, uh, with the exception of the uh, Suicido and Lenny Zappavinga fight. But let's start off with Gilberto Ramirez earlier in the show. This guy, does, I'm waiting for something to happen with him. You know, he's 38 and 0 with 25 knockouts. He did have a win over Arthur Abraham. Um, he, he just was not impressive to me at all against Angulo. One thing I did notice is the guy had such a long uh, arm and height advantage, and he fought small. It was like he was trying to fight to the same height as Angulo. You know, is that training? Is that just a lack of knowledge? I mean, what was your thoughts in the fight? Well, in, in terms of that, I think it's a combination of several things. Uh, one, you know, it was a dreadful affair. Um, you know, I, I like Gilberto Ramirez. The kid has all the physical tools that's needed to be a superstar. You know, whether or not maybe they have his head filled a little bit. Um, he already thinks that he has this division cinched up. I don't know. But, you know, uh, time's only going to tell on that. But, you know, uh, he won his title from Arthur Abraham. He's had a few successful defenses against some decent opponents. I think Jesse Hart is probably uh, the, the best since then. Uh, but, you know, he kind of seemed uh, this weekend that he's regressed instead of approved. Uh, he gets hit too much. Uh, maybe he overlooked Angulo. Possibly that's the case. I don't know. Um, he says the right things. Uh, he wants to unify. He wants to fight the top names. Uh, maybe uh, David Benavidez, uh, who kind of looks suspect in his fights against uh, Ronald Gabriel. You know, that might be a, a unification battle. But, you know, in no way do I think that um, Gilberto Ramirez has any sort of success going in there against a George Groves. In fact, if he went in there against George Groves in a performance like he did last uh, on, on Saturday or 
a performance like he did even in his fight against Jesse Hart, George Groves would have pretty much easy work with this kid. So, you know, um, I'm hopefully he gets better. I hope uh, we haven't seen this kid reach his plateau because there's a lot more to him. He's still a young fighter. But again, when you mention that record, how many fights he, ha he has had, you also have to think about the fact that, you know, most of those fights and a lot of those fights were gimme fights, uh, meaning that they were fights that weren't really there to help him improve, put him in any sort of situation to uh, round out his skill set. They were more or less just to build that resume on paper. And that's a big problem for a lot of fighters today. Exactly. That That's the route today. And that's why we see these guys still learning. A, a guy that's 38-0, and 0, a world champion, getting hit whenever Angulo really wanted to hit him. I mean, he was getting caught with some solid shots. There was one point in this fight where he was stunned. He turned his back and, and stumbled away. He doesn't even have the, the wherewithal to hold on. You know, so a guy with 38 professional fights, he, he's fighting like he's, a, you know, a, a, a novice, you know, and, and that's a concerning for me. But uh, in any event, the co-main event, uh, was a very exciting fight uh, with Alex Osito and, and Lenny Zapavinga. Zapavinga showed what the definition of having heart is a little too much. I thought they should have maybe stopped this fight a little sooner. But I'll tell you one thing, uh, Dax, I would not have argued one bit, and I'm not sure many people could have either, if the referees stopped the fight um, when Alex Osito was taking a pummeling in the fourth round. Um, I think he was very lucky to, for them to let that fight continue. He was taking way too many punches and was in trouble. Uh, thankfully uh, for him, Zapavinga was, I think, just about out of gas after that round. Um, you know, this was the best fight, whether or not it's the ES, uh, whether or not it's the top ranked version or the Golden Boy version that ESPN has in, shown in a very long time, at least 2018, and might have been the fight of 2018 overall so far. You know, Saucedo, we mentioned about uh, the type of fights that guys need to grow. Saucedo, a kid who's had a lot of these um, sort of gimme fights, this was certainly the type of fight he needed, you know, to uh, tell his team whether or not he's ready to take that next step. After 28 fights, a couple minor titles, now is the time that this kid has to go up to that next level. And um, this fight, in my opinion, really showed that. This was a major hurdle when Zapavanga got up from that knockdown in the third uh, to fight harder. That really tested Saucedo. You know, Saucedo, who's had opponents get up in prior fights, but, you know, usually they have ended in that same round. You know, he had to dig a little deep. He was cut. He's been cut in his last several fights. And, uh, you know, he really had to go out there. He had to pace himself. He had to um, think a little bit more. He had to make sure that he didn't smother his punches. He had to go in there against the guy who was, you know, a veteran who's been uh, in a lot of fights of this caliber, meaning these type of wars. So I really think that this kick ruined the fight um you know lenny z you know uh not exactly an elite fighter but definitely one of these fighters that's going to help a young guy like a Saucedo get to that next level uh, you know zapavinga is one of those all or nothing fighters two years ago matter of fact he gave this same type of fight to former ibf uh, 140 pound champion sergey lipinets uh lipinets was cut he pushed lipinets backwards um he was cut around both eyes it was pretty much a mirror image of what took place against Saucedo on Saturday. So Zapavigna is definitely that guy that's going to help somebody like Saucedo get to the next level. It was a well-matched fight. Uh, Lenny Z did announce his retirement after that fight. He's only 31 years old, but with 41 fights, 35 of those being wars, uh, he really ta 
relaxed his body. So that's not a bad decision. You know, you don't want to see a, a young guy, 31 years old, you know, in five, six, seven years after retirement, when you're forced to retire, you know, these things have, you know, uh, some sort of effect on the body for the long term. I like Saucedo. He gets hit a little too much for me, but um, he's a skilled fighter. He does have that war mentality. Tighten up his defense a little bit, uh, make a few adjustments, and he's definitely going to be a player at that 140-pound weight class, in my opinion. You know, we, we seem to say that so much today with young fighters that, yeah, they look good, they look good, but they need to tighten up their defense. No, Nobody fights with defense anymore, and it's uh, – it's it's alarming, but uh, anyway, well, that, I know that's because you know what the defensive fighters, even guys like Pernell Whitaker, uh, who had an exciting defense, uh, you know the way he moved and uh, the slick punches that he would throw. Today they just don't seem to appreciate that. They don't seem to understand you know that hit and don't get hit mentality. So you know I think some of these fighters, uh, a lot of times they feel pressured you know to have to stand there and go to war if they want to stay marketable. Um. I, I know we're very limited today, Dax. We only have a few more minutes. But did you get a chance to watch the uh, Morrison fight? And if so, I thought uh, Brian Polly was uh, looking for a soft place to, to, to fall down since the first bell. What would you think? Well, Brian Polly's a professional opponent. Uh, you know, Morrison, um, you know, he, he's had a real soft route. We talk about these guys who need to step up their level of competition. He's got to fight somebody with a pulse because if he doesn't, what's going to happen is we're going to see history repeat itself. He's going to end up just like his father was, pinned up against some ropes while Ray Mercer was just landing bombs on him, except, you know, it's not going to be somebody the caliber of Ray Mercer. Um, uh, from Friday night, uh, another uh, ESPN uh, led the pack uh, with all the major fights on their network this week. Uh, but uh, Rashidi Ellis improved to uh, twenty and zero against Alberto Mascara. What did you think of that fight? Um, it was it was uh, Mascara was there to make Ellis look good, you know. Um, and Ellis he looked good, but he certainly didn't look Alex Saucedo good. He looked more or less Gilberto uh, Ramirez good. It's a good thing that Rashidi Ellis isn't a world champion. Um, I believe that you know Rashidi Ellis is a talented fighter. I think he has to um, you know fight in that ring a little bit smarter. I think that um, he needs to find a way to sit down on his punches a little bit because that welterweight division is full of uh, some strong guys and guys that are really two, three, and four levels above. So you. You know, as far as the fight, um, it kind of reminded me of the old version of those ESPN Friday Night Fights that we would complain about being such dreadful affairs. Uh, the Golden Boy um, promotion uh, ESPN broadcast in general are just, you know, horrible affairs. You know, they've pretty much come to be nothing but Canelo infomercials. Um, in between every round, there's a, a video of Canelo and that same... Um, Thing in the gym where they're all talking about the Golden Boy fighters are a family. It's not even about promoting the Triple G rematch. You know, it's just all about Canelo. And this is why I just really have a hard time watching that because if I wanted to watch an infomercial, there are plenty of things out there that I can just turn on to my cable that I can watch that infomercial. I don't need to have Canelo shoved down my throat. And, you know, when we have time on another day, that's, you know, it's a valid topic, not just with Canelo, but with a lot of these fighters where they're just shoved down people's throats so much that, you know, it almost comes to believe that, you know, if they're being shown so much and they're on so much and they're broadcasting them so much, whether or not they are a good fighter, they must be a good fighter. And unfortunately, they market that to the fans that don't know any better. And that's not to say Canelo isn't a good fighter, but Canelo is not Golden Boy Promotions. What would ever happen to that company if Canelo, for some reason, uh, was injured and he had to retire? Who do they have to fall back on? Well, and Oscar De La Hoya, did you notice this much? Oscar De La Hoya, I don't know what he was doing, but he was fumbling over his words. He was tweaking like he had about 25 cups of coffee. Um, he couldn't keep his hands still. You know, he kind of looked to me like Oscar might be using again. You know, it's just promoters have lost the ability to promote. 
They don't know what they're doing anymore. And Golden Boy is in some serious trouble if Canelo loses uh, against Triple G in September. They've put all their eggs in the can- in the Canelo basket, really. Um, and, I mean, listen, the worst thing that happened to Golden Boy was uh, Richard Schaefer losing. But, uh, Dax, we got to let you uh, go. We'll look forward to you later in the week because that World Boxing Super Series, uh, the final which was announced for the Cruiserweight, the super middleweight uh, has not been announced yet, but we're expecting it soon. And hopefully uh, a couple of more names will be added and we'll give a nice, uh, uh, a nice thorough uh, uh, discussion on that because uh, thank God for the World Boxing Super Series, huh? Already, already the names in here are, are amazing. And it's exactly the opposite of what we speak about or we criticize that a lot of these names, and you hinted on it earlier in the show today, they don't need to enter this. They didn't have to enter this. In fact, they're on this uh, road in their career where they're just starting to gain that mainstream popularity and the loss in here could hurt that. But instead of going and getting these soft touches, they're going in there to prove that they are the best. And there's a few of these veterans who never had this big break that are taking advantage of this. So yes, definitely the World Boxing Super Series is nothing but a plus in this sport. And Thursday, you know, we'll break that down and, you know, we'll actually see exactly how detailed and how well put together this tournament is. Looking forward to it, brother. Talk to you then. All right, everybody, enjoy the day. That's uh, Dax Khan uh, giving us uh, his thoughts on the fights and really looking forward to the segment uh, later in the week. Uh, but right now, Sal, I uh, want to uh, talk a little about the heavyweight division. No, not about uh, Deontay Wilder, your, oh, your dream boy. heavyweight, and not about uh, Anthony Joshua. No, I want to talk about uh, Big Baby Miller, Jarrell Big Baby Miller. This is a guy that acts like... He uh, deserves a shot. I, he says so many things like, I've paid my dues. I deserve a shot. I could beat Deontay. I could beat AJ. I am, I'm the best heavyweight. Yeah, I'm fat, but I'm fast. I throw more punches than everybody, blah, blah, blah. I hear all this stuff. And the truth of the matter is, is he's got nothing to back it up. No resume to back it up. You know, very similar in, in his rise Uh, to Deontay Wilder's rise. The only difference is Deontay Wilder at least is exciting when he beats up his cupcakes. He's a guy that wins by knockout, and fans like it. The other thing about Deontay versus Big Baby Miller is Deontay's in shape. Miller is not. Now, some fighters can look like they're uh, out of shape and, and do well, like Jarrell Miller. Uh, but uh, but this guy is not a draw. Now, here's the situation, Sal. Cuba Pulov, who is the number one uh, or number two ranked, I forget, I think he's actually number two ranked uh, um, fighter in the IBF, uh, and the number three ranked fighter is Jarrell Miller. Now, Pulov is a legitimate top contender, in my opinion. He's fought some big names. As a matter of fact, his only loss came at the hands of Vladimir Klitschko. Uh, This is a guy that has beaten some good heavyweights. How Miller got to number three is beyond me. But nonetheless, the IBF ordered these two guys to fight. They could not come up with an agreement to fight, Sal. So, as normal procedure goes, they went to purse bid. Now, Epic Sports and Entertainment, who uh, bid on this fight won it with a two million one hundred and eleven dollar uh two two million one hundred and eleven thousand one hundred and eleven dollar bid and the closest one was Sarlin events 
which uh, offered uh, one million dollars uh, uh, for this fight, which was uh, uh, less than half of Epic's. Uh, they won the fight, and um, here's the problem. They won the fight. They want to stage it in Bulgaria, where uh, Pulov is from. Uh, Pulov is a huge name there. They can make a lot of money with television and all this, all the other things that go with it. And now, Big Baby Miller has not signed the contract yet. And word on the curb is he's not gonna sign the contract. What's your thoughts? Wow. Wow. Bill, like I said, when fighters want to fight each other, their their, their signature will be on the contract. And for whatever reason, Baby Miller does not want to sign his contract, whether his feelings are hurt or his feelings are hurt. he got to see his dentist. But the bottom line is he, uh, he's he got to look at the, the real future of his career. Where is it going? And if he doesn't take this fight, I don't think it's going to progress along as rapidly or as uh, efficiently or monetarily as he would hope for. And, uh, you know, you know, Bill, I, I gave a lot of thought, but some of the things you've said in the past, especially when it came to uh, a purse, uh, how a, a purse could be shared, and not to get too sidetracked, but I, I love your idea. When we were talking about the Deontay Wilder or we were talking about the, uh, the, uh, the Anthony Joshua-Deontay Wilder fight, I mean, how beautiful. How great would it be if the fight game remembers that this is prize fighting? And I love the idea that two fighters going into a championship bout or going into any fight or going into a championship bout, we'll just leave it at that for now, may get an even or an equal amount of money uh, in their contract to, 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 to uh, have on their side. And the winner of the fight will get the cushion that is left over uh, that they have to fight for in order to win. I, I love that idea. I think it really would be unique. If you could see a promoter that could implement that, I think you'd see fight fans. I think you'd see a lot of things. So I don't know why Baby Miller and why I'm getting sidetracked, but the whole thing is he's, he should be very humble in taking this fight, proving to the world that uh, he is the real deal, and going over there in Pulev's backyard and uh, trying to steal the show. But he's not going to do that because he can't rise to the occasion and he doesn't want to. The fighters today, first of all, yeah, to, to have a, a, a purse split. First of all, this this is a different situation, but I get it. You. Is. The big fights. Wait, the big fights. I love it. It was I, a genius when you said that because well, I love it. It, well, it satisfies everything across the board. Well, I, I think that it, it gives incentive. Yeah. It would it would eliminate it would eliminate the the talk of oh it was fixed it was this it was that because yes. you know when you have extra money on the line and incentive etc it it brings it brings out the the best of of both fighters but putting that aside this big baby Miller guy is such a fraud I, I you know and we were talking about it kind of with Gilberto Ramirez. Uh, in his fight from from uh, from Saturday, you know, yes, he's a world champion. Yes, he's made four or five title defenses, but he hasn't fought anybody. This guy looked ordinary at best on Saturday. Uh, Miller doesn't even look close to being a top heavyweight, but yet because of his mouth and because of uh, uh, you know his self promotion, you know, he, he's even in the discussion. I mean, this is an example. You know, Cuba Pulov has been around a bit. All right, he's been around the block. This is a guy that's been, as a matter of fact, 
I've met him in. I I was ringside for his fight uh, in one of his fights in Denmark, and I saw him get uh, rocked a little bit. Uh, you know, against against Derek Rossi. Uh, I saw Derek Rossi hurt him, and uh, you know I wasn't impressed. But Pulov has improved. The only time that Klitschko ever fought the way he fought against Anthony Joshua was against Pulov. And he went into Pulov like, you know, he was Mike Tyson, similar to the way he fought uh, Anthony Joshua. I'm talking about Klitschko. So really, you know, the only two poor performances uh, that you could suggest for Pulov, and I'm not even saying that the one against Klitschko was was a poor performance. It was just against uh, a guy that, you know, was was in kill mode, you know. Uh, Pulov's a legitimate fighter. He's fought some tough um, heavyweights. You know, he's fought guys above him on the ladder and, and, and has beat past them. I don't understand why fighters like Jarrell Miller get these cushion cupcake-type uh, fights they get these opportunities, then they have the gall to pick and choose what they want. This is a fight. Now, now, if I'm the IBF, and and I, you know, I have all my rules. You guys get a free negotiate, open negotiation period. Blah blah blah. You can't come up with a deal. Here's the purse bid. End the story. If this guy doesn't step up and fight, I'm talking about Miller. Then the IBF should kick him out of the rankings. What do you think? I think you're right. I think, you know, it's, it's a good point. These guys got to step up. They got to shut up and they got to make sure that they they realize what's at stake here. And they can't just be haphazardly moving along the, their, their weight class or divisions. They're striving to show the world that they're the best. They've got to be accountable. They've got to be responsible. And they've got to know that, that uh, you know, you're going to have some eyes and ears listening. And, uh, you know, you, you, you got to either put up or shut up. And at that level, they, they, they should make it all happen. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll uh, see. We're, we'll word, see. word on the curb is uh, uh, they're going to be feeding you extra pizzas. You're going to become a heavyweight, and you're going to fight Big Baby Miller. Cause he, you heard fight that? You. I yeah. would do that tomorrow. I know you would. I wouldn't I even have to would. eat a, maybe the next day. <laughs> um, all right. We had a uh, – I never got a chance to give props for our uh, – um, our winner of our uh, trivia question. The uh, question was, name the only, I think, did I already read this winner? I, I, I don't know. I, you know what? I got all messed up with the, uh, no, I mustn't have. I mustn't have because I still have it here. Um, the the, the uh, question was, name the only um, retired heavyweight champions, retired heavyweight champions that beat every fighter they ever faced, well, my man Coach uh, was right. The only former and retired heavyweight world champions that beat every fighter they faced was Rocky Marciano, Lennox Lewis, which most people all got, and the third one that everyone forgot except for Coach was Ingemar jo Johansson. Oh, um, some, some people oh, mentioned uh, Riddick Bowe and Gene Tunney. Uh, but Tunney had several draws, and Riddick Bowe had a no contest. Uh, Rocky never lost a fight. Uh, Lennox Lewis beat both guys that beat him, uh, which uh, uh, was that. And Johansson only lost to Patterson uh, twice, but then he beat him uh, as well. So uh, congratulations to Coach. Um, he, I'm hoping he can find someone to use the title belt championship computer game. Otherwise... 
we'll try and get something else for uh, Coach. Uh, today's uh, trivia question. Let's see, which one is it? Uh, all right, I got this one right here. Um, this one I've, I've done uh, on this show before, and uh, hopefully you guys uh, remember it. But uh, here's the question. And if you're the first one to get it right, you too will win a copy of the uh, Title Bout Championship computer game. We got a few more copies to give away. Um, you got to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talking Boxing. That's T A L K I N B O X I N G dot com. Here's the question What two famous actors once shared an apartment with the late, great Jack Dempsey? Which f wow. two famous actors once shared an apartment with the late, great Jack Dempsey? If you're the first one to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, that's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, you'll win the prize. Sal, you want to take a shot at this? Well, I can't say Jack Dempsey. I know you can't. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> that's it. Douglas Fairbanks Jr. Douglas Fairbanks Jr.? I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, you know, I thought we had this question once upon a time. Maybe we didn't. Um, we but did. It was too popular. We, we, we did. I mean, I, we did. And you're close. That's all I'm going to say. So Sal just gave a close. How many answers are you going to belt out? I can throw eight. You know Slow what? it down I, I, there, I, I, Rocky. I'm throwing against the board, pal. Slow it down, Rocky. Come on now. Come on now. Be like molasses. Hey. Be like be like uh, my, my lungs were when I jumped into the lake yesterday. I thought I was going to die. I was like, uh, it was so hot. And then, you know, uh, the lake is so deep. I realize how out of shape I am. I'm like trying to get back to the boat. And I'm like, I think I'm going to have a heart attack right here in the water, you know. My grandkids are swimming around me laughing, thinking it's all fun and games. I'm sitting there going, I got to get back on the Look boat. Grandma, you know, I, I thought I thought I was like a beached whale when I got my fat ass back up on the boat. But uh, anyway, uh, on this day in boxing history, July 2nd in 1996, Vincenzo Nardadello wins a 12-round decision over Sugar Boy Malinga to win the WBC World Super Middleweight title, and that took place in Manchester, England, on this day in 1996. On this day in 1940, Max Baer stops Tony Galento. That would be two-ton Tony Galento. When he was not able to answer the bell for the eighth round of a scheduled 15-round heavyweight contest that took place in New Jersey. On this day, July 2nd in 1925, Harry Greb wins a 15-round decision over Mickey Walker to retain his world middleweight title, and that took place at the Polo Grounds in New York City. Uh, Mickey Walker, a great, great fighter that so many people forget about. Um, he, was, uh, he was something special, let me tell you. Uh, on this day in 1973... Joe Frazier drops Joe Bugner in the 10th round and goes on to win a 12-round decision in their heavyweight fight that took place in London, England, on this day in 1973. And finally, on this day in 1921, Jack Dempsey knocks out Georges Carpentier in the fourth round to retain his world heavyweight title, and that took place in New Jersey on this day in 1921. 
2021. Programming note, we will not be doing a live show on the 4th, on that 4th of July for the United States Independence Day. Um, we here in the States, uh, we like to blow off firecrackers and stuff, and it's always amusing <laughs> yeah, to see uh, what celebrities blow, blew off half their hand, you know, because of being stupid. But uh, uh, jerky boys. Yeah, yeah, I did. But uh, in any event, uh, listen, <laughs> tomorrow we got uh, some more stuff to talk about, uh, and uh, hopefully we'll get more stuff between now and then to talk about. Uh, slow week traditionally. You know, and it's unusual because the sport of boxing used to be so jam-packed. Fourth of July and other holidays were always a busy day for uh, for the sport of boxing. Not so much uh, now uh, in the uh, year 20, uh, 2018. But uh, in any event, hey, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning. Same bad time, same bad channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. Dan <laughs> <laughs>